fantastic. Well, you're not going to hear from me to start with, but you are going to hear from another brother first because as part of our All In series, we've been hearing some amazing testimonies from people in this church who are All In, who got changed by the love of Jesus. So I'm going to invite Andrew, C. and Marley to come up and share for a few minutes. Morning, church. Morning, church. So excited to, to be able to you know, give my testimony on how God's impacted my life. Um, yeah. But first and foremost, I give glory to him. Thank you, Father, for the presence that you're going to be with us today, Father. That what I speak, Father, is from you, Lord, that the words you impart into me is going to touch those that are needing to be touched. Just a subtle word, Father, even if it's one word that they pick up, Father, that they are touched and that they are moved. I thank you, Father, through the blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much for that. First and foremost, I'd like to acknowledge all the brothers that are here today. Thank you so much. First, I'd like to be acknowledging my grandmothers, which is the matriarch of my family, how I was brought up um, to my wife, to my sons, to my grandchildren. I'm not only a man, but I'm a, I'm a father, I'm a husband, I'm a grandfather, I'm a brother, I'm an uncle. And how God impacted my life so much, and uh, I've been given this opportunity when I become a son of God, of being a warrior in his army, um, he changed my life totally 360. There's no going back onto this, and it's all in, all out. Um, for myself, before I get into that side, my old life is I was a, a, a chronic alcoholic and a, a drug dealer, and, uh, and I dealt in drugs in a lot of big ways. And um, I didn't care about my wife, my, my family... That my sons, I felt that my wife was the responsible one to look after my sons, which was, she'd done an amazing job with it. And I was out there living in the world, being my life, a very selfish man, self-centered. And I was really, if you look at it a bit like Saul, how he saw, I didn't murder people, but my lifestyle was all about me. And everything I'd done was for Andrew. And everything else that my wife wanted to do, she had to go and get those out for my sons. So when I became, uh, when I was touched by God, uh, it was... Edexite Christian Centre, the other side there, heard the word of um, how David danced before the Lord. He danced before the Lord. And it challenged me because the pastor said, and what are we dancing to? And I saw all these green bottles, my bag of weed, everything. That, you know, it was signposted. That's where my lifestyle was. And I, I, I was really, really convicted. I, I felt really guilty. And, you know, it, it showed me how, how much of a man I was to myself, not to my family. So I wanted, after church, I told my wife, you know, I really need to clean house. So I needed to go and take all my alcohol, all my paraphernalia, all my drugs, and dump them. She goes, oh, no, you'll be all right. You know, we'll go out and um, go and watch some rugby. And it was, you know, God had it his way. Rugby was cancelled. So I go home, take all my rubbish to the dump, clean them all out. And, you know, I came back home, had a shower, and, you know, I got on my knees, and this was in my lounge, so it was nothing spectacular at the time, but I got on my knees, and I said, Father, Father, if you're so real, you know, I'm a sinner, I want to come back to you. But prior to this, before I was, even got to this state, I was, a, um, I was already a son of God. My grandmother was a matriarch in the Pacific Islanders Church in South Auckland, Ōtara. She got me to go to church, so I went to church, you know, humble grandson go to church but no relationship and I didn't want to go to church when I got to my teens because I saw all my mates out there having fun uh, partying and having and I thought well that's the life I want so I go out into the desert and that's where I was for, in the desert for over 30 years even though I got married I had children my sons it didn't really bother me because I still wanted to live my life 
And I saw that, you know, as a father, like all my, all my generation, we were, the, you know, we're the culprits of it. We all became drug dealers. We all became addicts on something that we gave and we pushed it to our young people of today. So, you know, I, I know all of that. I hear all of that. But when God impacts a life like he did for me to go down on my hands and knees and beg and borrow time that, you know, I want to come back to you, Father. I want to come back to your love. I need to be in your, to be the Father that you ordained me to be. I felt really convicted, you know. I started pouring my heart out and I started crying my eyeballs out. You know, I understand how Ruben shuffling along, crying, snotties coming down. You know, that, that, that's exactly what happens, you know, because of the tears, the snotties come down, the sweat starts pouring out. And it felt like for me, it was like my sins were drawing out. My sins were drawing out and he was filling me with his Holy Spirit. And he goes, I'm going to download something that you'll never, ever experience, Andrew. I'm going to download something that you'll never experience in your life. So in the next uh, 48 hours, I start conversation. Well, my wife comes along and she goes, you know, honey, I've been, um, t- God's told me that you're going to be anointed in the Holy Spirit. You're going to speak in tongues. And I didn't even know what speaking in tongues was. I heard all these crazy people speaking a language, and I thought only special people got those. And anyway, she put her laid her hands, and I went, wow, and I was going, oh, Lord, Lord, what is this? Then he downloaded his spirit into me, and he showed me miracles and wonders and supernaturals where he was going to take me. Not that I knew at the time where he was taking me. And, you know, and I started praying all night to him. And, I started, and he started downloading so much information about the new heaven, the, uh, the heavenly realms that he'll take me to, to the supernatural, what my gifts would be. And I was going, oh, wow, this is so awful. This is so awesome. So I get up in the morning, and I'm, and I'm so full on fire for God. You know, I go to work, and I tell my mates, hey, I'm... I'm I'm a Jesus follower. I'm born again. I'm giving my heart. Well, all my mates are going, yeah, Andrew. Yeah, Andrew, we heard this one before. So they started putting side beats on. Give you, you know, so they, they put side beats on. Oh, you've been, these people have been through. And anyway, you know, I come home and I was still on fire. And then, you know, about 10 o'clock, I, you know, my wife goes, you better ask God to give you rest. So I said, Father, you know, as much as my spirit wants to be alive for you, I need spirit, uh, physical rest, which he did. And from that day on was the day that my walk, my life changed. It changed so much that um, uh, he revealed and the prophetic words that he come through, because I lived through the prophetic words that um, I'm a groundbreaker. I will go into places where no man's gone before and break down a lot of walls. And by doing that, I have been opened up doorways that have been opened up for me to go and minister his word, his kingdom. He's taken me to different parts of the body in different places different business groups, uh, to the prison to talk about, um, to see the brokenness of our brothers over there. He's opened up so much. He's opened up so much that, you know, that I just have to speak my testimony out and a lot of people are impacted by it. But my heart is to change men's lives because we have been ordained in the house that we are the leaders. And I went and proclaimed back, I went and proclaimed back there from my wife. That I said, sorry, and I gave her the apologies, and I humbled myself. I had to humble myself to my sons. They were a bit, oh, we've been there before. Dad, we've heard you. You, you know, you always filled us with alcohol and drugs. And, you know, and um, it took uh, one of them quite a lot of years to convince that um, how my life is going to change. And for six years, I've done nothing but walk in the pathways that Jesus has walked through. 
and everything, you know, everything that he's done. And, you know, he's given me the, the, the you know, through him, he's given me the authority that I can go into the places and break down walls of where the demons are. And, I, you know, I'm a warrior, so I'm armoured up really well. I'm armoured up. As you can see, not only do I wear it spiritually, but physically. You can see it. I have a, a shield of faith that I carry out. I usually have my sword with me. You know, the breastplate, the helmet, you, you know, I encourage a lot of men to come with me to, to walk because I can't do it alone. We've got tribes out there. We've got whanos out there. You know, your name has been called by the trumpets have blown to you by dreams and visions, but you're not listening to hearing them because only few have heard their calling. Few are only there. So, you know, I'm, I'm just praying out the more of you brothers that have had a, a prophetic calling step into that realm because it's not up to me to do it. I can only proclaim it to you, but it's your calling. You have to step into it. He's shown me so much. You know, he's even prepared me. I even went to an, uh, an awesome experience, a life-changing experience earlier this year was to Israel. And he showed me so many things about how Jesus was and how there were wars between cities. It was you know, it was like how we would look at, we can't go down to Hamilton on a drive. We had to go through certain walls. And there were processes you go through. And these people have been living like this for thousands and thousands of years. It broke my heart when I went to the Jewish museum and I saw all the brokenness in there about how men, how the, how the Jews were, were, were imprisoned, they were starved. And God downloaded to me, and Andrew, this is how I'm going to show you how the spiritual man is out there. And I poured my eyes out. I cried my heart out out there. But, because while we're looking so good on the outside, inside our spiritual being, our spiritual man has been starved. We've been starved. You know, we need to grow this spiritual man. We need to grow it in a way that we can go and impact impact in certain ways. There's a lot of brothers happening out there. There's a lot of, there's a shift in the atmosphere now that there's so much breakthrough that men are coming through. The drug dealers are coming back into the realm and they're changing the same men that have gone that they were feeding their drugs with. They're feeding them the life of Jesus at the moment. And I'm only a man that's only out there. I've gone from different towns and different um, churches and speaking the same talk that I give to you now. I am rough on how I talk. I am not um, charismatic or anything because God has given me, because I come off the streets of South Auckland and I would talk the way of the streets of South Auckland because you men don't understand what it's like to live on those streets, how rough it is to, to go with nothing. But when God downloads so much of his DNA into you and he shows you the promise and he fills you with so much, my life has so changed at the moment. He's given financial abundance so much love and the seasons that keeps me into the valleys those are those are nothing to what God's got prepared for me he's got me the highest mountain and you know and all I encourage is for more of you brothers to come and take a stand with me when we interlock our shields you know who's going to be against us you know it's um I live I live by the word of uh, Jeremiah 1 5 you know before I was even created there was all of us before we were created, he had plans for us. You know, he had all the plans. So you think you come to church today, it wasn't your thought, he had already pre-planned it. I could go on and talk so much about the love of God and what he's done for me, but that's another day, another story for you brothers. We have men's night tomorrow night at our brother Mark's place. You'll feel free to come. We are provocative. We, we like to provoke thoughts. And here's my prophet walking right beside me. Yeah, I'm sorry about this. Come on, my little man. Yeah. This is the latest prophet that uh, he's got. He decided when he's coming into the world, you want a word too. And you know, I just love you so much, church, that I've been given an opportunity through the blood of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Fantastic. I did push the button. Am I on? I'm green. So I put, ooh, secretly. 
That was awesome, eh? All in. All in. I love it. Turn the Bible the right way around. And we are all in, all on, ready to go. Fantastic. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for your presence. Oh, we just thank you for your anointing. And thank you that you are about changing lives. And it's all about your presence. We just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So we've got a series called All In at the moment. A great series. Are you all in church this morning? I feel like I'm really echoey. Am I sounding okay? I'm okay. Great. Okay. All in. I just want to give you a bit of a background. I've preached on this before, actually, but God said, I want you to preach on it again. And I'm like, okay, because when you have to preach on something two times, it means that I might be hard of hearing, because it's to speak to me first before it speaks to you guys. So all in, and it's about a man called Obed-Edom. And I just want to fill you in with a bit of the background, and it's found in 1 Chronicles and it's chapter 13. And what's happening is King David is on the throne now. He's King David. And he decides that he wants to bring the Ark of the Covenant back to Jerusalem. Now, the Ark of the Covenant, I've got a picture coming up, is where the presence of the Lord dwelt. As the children of Israel went through the wilderness, the Ark of the Covenant, this is what God designed. And that was where his presence was. And if you look at the um, handles on it, the, the covenant, this, this presence of the Lord was supposed to be carried. All right? We are to carry the presence of the Lord. And as they were bringing the presence of the Lord back to Jerusalem, they got a little bit of it wrong because instead of carrying it, the priest put it on a cat, and as it toppled, a man, um, uh, one of the priests put his hand out, and he actually died there. And so... David then gets freaked out and he thinks, what's going on? I'm not having anything to do with this. And he takes it to a man's house called Obed-Edom. And this is what it says, 1 Chronicles 13, verse 12. It says, David was afraid of God that day and said, how can I ever bring the ark of God to me? He did not take the ark to be with him in the city of David, but instead... He took it aside to the house of Obed-Edom the Gittite. The ark of God remained with the family of Obed-Edom in his house for three months. And the Lord blessed his household and all that he had. Okay. Okay. I'm on. Yes, that sounds a bit better. I was a bit echoey before. <laughs> it was beginning to annoy me. So there we are. So here's this man. Now, I want to tell you that he's... I'm going to give you just a little bit of what happened here. Here's this man, Obadidim. And one day, he wakes up. It's a normal day like every other day. He wakes up. But this day is going to change his life forever. And I want you to picture this. He comes out, and his wife is singing as she's cooking breakfast. And you know, happy wife, happy life. And he thinks, wow, this is amazing. And he goes out into his paddocks, and his hens have laid loads of eggs. And he comes to the cows, and they're just, their milk is just pouring. It's just more and more milk. 
And he's going, what's going on here? What is going on here? And then he comes to the shed and he sees the Ark of the Covenant is there. The presence of the Lord has come to his house. And it changed his life forever because it blessed him so abundantly. And I want to tell you that God has a day that he wants to change your life forever. The presence of the Lord is something that each one of us needs in our lives and in our home. And Obadidim, he just got changed forever. He was never the same again. It's the presence of the Lord is what changed Reuben. He went from someone who knew it all to someone who just was all in. It changed Andrew's life forever, the presence of the Lord. He got one touch from the Lord, and that changed him forever. He was all in. And here's Obadidim. He was so blessed. He just could not forget that the presence of the Lord was there. And he says, I want more of this. And so after three months, King David decides, I'm going to bring the, the presence of the Lord. I'm going to bring the ark back to Jerusalem. So they bring it back to Jerusalem, and he puts it in this big facility, in a big tent, and he puts the presence of the Lord, the Ark of the Covenant, there. But you know, Obadidim never, ever forgot his touch from God. And he says, I want more of this. So he gets all in. And what happens is, as it always is with church, you need lots of helpers, eh? You need to be all in. And so in verse chapter 15, I think it's coming up here. Chapter 15 of First Chronicles, this is what it says. De Obadidim, he was a gatekeeper. So I just want you, and then further down it says, and Obadidim, he was to play the harp. And it didn't just stop there, but Obadidim was also to be a doorkeeper for the ark. He was everywhere. He just couldn't stop. He was so excited to get more of the presence of the Lord. He was everywhere. When King David said, I need some musicians, he was like, I'm here. I'm all in. And when he said, oh, I need some car park people, gatekeepers, he went, that's me. I'm all in. I just want to do a load of that. And he says, I want welcomers on the door. He was like, me, me, me. He was all in. He was everywhere because he was so hungry for God. He just wanted a touch of God. He just wanted to be in the presence of the Lord all the time. He was everywhere. So amazing. He was everywhere. Fantastic. Sorry, I'm trying to juggle Bible and notes. He was everywhere. And in First Chronicles 16 and verse 38, it says as well, here we have it again. Obadidim, his name just comes up all over the place. And it says, um, Obadidim and the 68 minister, uh, people that were with him were to minister before the Lord. So not only did Obadidim get touched from the Lord, but he became an influence to all these people around him. And, you know, it's just amazing that we are called to be an influence. When we get a touch from the Lord and the presence of the Lord dwells with us, it's not just for us, it's for others around us. God wants us to be an influence to those around us wherever we go, in our workplace, like Andrew was. They were putting bets on how long it was going to last. But it has lasted because when you get a touch from the Lord, it is so real. And 
You know, this week, I had two different people that came to me and spoke about my daughter, Chloe. Chloe was, um, I had this woman that came to me in the supermarket, and she said, are you Chloe's mum? And I went, yes. And she's a cleaner at the, the community gym. And she says to me, there's something amazing about your daughter. She said that she just comes up and she talks. She makes people feel welcome there. She just laughs on us. And she said, are all your kids like that? I says, lady, you have not met the half of them yet. They're just amazing, you know. And then uh, this week I took an awesome uh, young woman out for lunch, eh, Gabriel? We went out for lunch and Gabriel says, can I bring my stepdad? I said, I would love you to bring your stepdad. So he came, we had lunch at the Thai, good place to be, get some of that hot stuff, love it. And um, he just he just says, um, I came to, we're advertising our hangi. This is when you can bring people along and be an influence for good in their lives. He came to the one last time. And he says to me, he said, I remember your Chloe. He said, she went around everybody that was there at that hangi. And he said, she even came to me. And it was like he felt he hadn't been maybe good enough or whatever. But he said, she sat down, she gave me a hug, and she talked to me and made me feel welcome. That's what Obadidam did. He influenced people around him that they just said, I want to be like Obadidam. I want to get a, a, an influence. I want to be an influence with others. And so this is what they did. And you know, I had someone in my life who was um, a bit like that, my mum. Now, I was brought up in Scotland, and I know that you think, oh, you know, do I have to get out of bed? Do I have to go to church this morning? It's just so much sunshine, you know. Well, I was brought up in Scotland where we have harsh winters. You guys think that you have harsh winters? We have harsh winters, I can tell you. And we had to get up because, and walk to church because my dad was away a lot. And that was my back garden. There's, there's other pictures. I actually walked on hedges. That's the snow. That's a nice day, actually. Look, that's actually a beautiful day in Scotland. And there's another one with kids. There we are. That's snow piled up high. And I walked on a hedge once because the snow had come so high. But my mum said, nah, we're all in. We are going to church. And even when the car wasn't there, because my dad was away a lot with the car, we walked to church. All of us girls, two miles there, two miles back. And we walked in sunshine. We walked in snow. We walked in blizzards. We walked in rain. And she even dressed us the same with this tartan skirt thing and a tartan waistcoat, I tell you, it just about gave me hang-ups for life. But she was all in. She modeled all into me, and I never forgot it. So it's just so amazing that I just can't help but be all in because we went to church. We experienced the presence of the Lord in a greater way with His people. We were all in as a family. It was so cool. The presence of the Lord is so extraordinary. We carry it with us wherever we go. It's the place where secrets are revealed. Do you want a load of that? Do you want to know stuff in your life? It's where you're given wisdom. It's where dreams are birthed and visions are given. It's the place where answers are given. And it's the place where impossible becomes possible. 
The presence of the Lord is so amazing. And a while ago, a few weeks ago, I was praying about things and praying for the church. And the Lord gave me a vision, a vision of people coming in in their hundreds into this place. And they were broken. They were hurting. And God said, that's what are coming in. And as he gave me that vision, I felt God's pain. And it was like, I began to weep because it was actually so moving to get this vision. And God said to me, it's urgent. Do you know that there's a hurting world out there and they need a church that is all in. They need people fired up who are all in, who understand who they are in Christ, who want the presence of the Lord in such a powerful way because it's so amazing, the presence of the Lord. And Obadidim got so touched He just never forgot that time where the ark had been in his home and where the presence of the Lord influenced his family so much. But do you know, um, in um, Revelation 2 and 4, it says there, and it's talking about a church, Ephesus, the church was, and it says this in Revelation 2 and 4, you have forsaken your first love. Well, I want to tell you that Reuben talked about love last week, didn't he? And he said, God's love is an agape love. It's an all-in love. Do you know there's something special about a first love? I remember when I came to New Zealand, I was a traveler. I had come here on a holiday, and I met this amazing Kiwi bloke. He was just so awesome, so nice. He was gorgeous, and I was like, wow. Well, he, Paul started Paul started to fall in love with me. And I can tell you that there's something amazing about first love, isn't there? Because what happens when you uh, love someone, you want to spend time with them, don't you? You want their presence. And that is just like what the Lord does. He wants us to get to our first love so that we never forget that special time when we were first in love Paul is still in love with me, thankfully, even after all these years. But, you know, he was so in love with me that when he asked me to marry him, I had to, in between, because I only knew him for like hardly any time at all, six weeks he proposed and I married him six weeks later. In between those six weeks, I said, I have to go back to Scotland for three weeks and I've got to pack up my gear and bring everything out and say goodbye to my family. And Paul was like, I don't want you going away over there by yourself. He said, I'm coming with you. So Paul was in his first love. He just wanted my presence. So he came with me. And you know, the thing was that even then, because this is something important about first love, No matter what you do, it's like, wow, she's just awesome. So even if I had said to him, Paul, I'm going to go to some Highland Games tonight. There'll be a pipe band tonight. He'd have been, I'm all in, Ruth. I'm all in. I'm all in. So we need to get back to our first love. I'm going to remind you about that, Paul. He would have come anywhere with me with kilts and all. He'd have been in there with his hairy legs. He'd have been all in. Because he was in love, and he was about his first, I know, first love. There's something special about being in the presence of your first love. And Obadidim remembered the time when he started to fall in love with Jesus, when his presence touched him so much 
It was so amazing. And you know, uh, the verse says in Galatians 5 and 22, it's the fruit of the Spirit. And it's about being all in because God's Spirit is about this. And it says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, that's patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Do you know, when you've been filled with God's presence, we receive his love. Notice it's mentioned first, because if you haven't got God's love, you can't have um, joy. And if you haven't got joy, you can't have that peace, because it goes in that order. And having peace makes you patient in life, doesn't it? When you've got patience and, and all that, when you've got peace, you've got patience. I can go through this because I have the love, joy, peace. But it gets back to first love. The fruit of the Spirit is about love. And that's what God has for us. That's what His presence is all about, is love. It's so good. And then I want to finish with this. That it didn't just stop with Obed-Edom. He just talked about it wherever he went. Like Chloe at the gym, shining that Jesus love into people's hearts, wherever he is. Like Georgia. She was in Wellington with us, and she didn't even have to tell her friends that she was a Jesus follower. She loved Jesus because they could see she was different. And Obadidam was different. He got a touch from the Lord that he just told people about it. And it finishes with this in First Chronicles 26. And it talks about the divisions of the gatekeepers. And it says, Obadidim also had sons. Wow. Remember, it said all blessings. Everything was blessed with Obadidim. Everything he did. He had sons. And it goes through the sons. Shimei, the firstborn, right through to the last one, number eight. And then in brackets, just to remind you, in case we get forgetful, God wants to remind us that God had blessed Obed-Edom. Eight sons. Eight sons. Do you know what the number eight in the Bible means new beginnings? God has a new beginning for you. And it starts with a touch from him. His first love. Jesus wants you to get back to the first love. Loving Jesus and he has a new beginning, just like he had a new beginning. One day, Obed-Edom just woke up and his day changed forever. God had a new beginning for Obed-Edom and he's got a new beginning for you. And I'm shortly going to give you a chance to respond to Jesus. If you have never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, he wants to tell you, I've got a new beginning that's going to be so blessed. You have no idea the blessings that God has for you. And it starts with receiving His presence into your life. What an influence. And then it just doesn't finish there because further down, in verse 9, I think it is, if I can see that right, it says, All these were descendants of Obed-Edom. They and their sons and their relatives were capable men with the strength to do the work. Descendants of Obed-Edom, 62 in all. What a blessing. How many people have you influenced in your life for good? Obed-Edom influenced 62 people. It was just so amazing. 
that they wanted, He had influenced all these people. They just wanted the presence of the Lord as well. And I want to tell you that we're called to be an influence in this community and nation like no other. Because God has great blessing for this nation. He has great blessing for this community. And He's got great blessing for you, your whanau, your extended relatives. It's coming. And it starts with having a touch of the Lord and the presence of the Lord in your life. You don't need to be something great. Obadidim was just a farmer, really. But he said, I want more of Jesus. And then he was all in. He was a doorkeeper. He was a gatekeeper. He was in the worship team. He was everywhere because the influence and the touch from the Lord was so great. And as every head is bowed here this morning, this is the opportunity where I want to extend to people here who have never received Jesus as Lord of their lives. This is your time to get a touch from God because Jesus loves you. He has so much blessing for you and He wants to come and fill you with His presence. So this is your time where you can respond to Jesus now. If you have never received Jesus as Lord of your life, as every head is bowed, it's between you and God, the one who loves you, who's got great things for you. If you could pop up your hand right now and say, that's me, I need Jesus in my life. I want to be more like an Obadidim. I want to spend, have, give my life to Jesus. I want to receive Jesus. If that's you here this morning, could you pop your hand right up? Because we'd love to pray with you. We'd love to give you a Bible. We have people that are ready to give you a Bible. If that's you here this morning, just pop up your hand. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your presence. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Father, we just thank you for your Holy Spirit that is here this morning. We thank you for your presence, and we thank you for your love, that you have great blessing for us. You have a great future for us, a future that's filled with hope and dreams and visions and good things. We just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. And as the band are going to play that worship song, if anyone would like a prayer, if anyone would like uh, anything, one of the pastors or the team will pray with you. Be blessed. Have a great week. And we're just going to close with this song. <laughs>